Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone. I am super thrilled for today's episode because Gina DeVee is in the Wellness Wonderland. Gina is an internationally known life and success coach, motivational speaker, radio talk show host, and she does private and group coaching, success seminars, telecasts, and so much more. She's earned a master's degree in clinical psychology and has worked with some of the most successful and influential people around the world. She's worked at the White House, the Supreme Court, Harvard's Institute of Politics, and what is so cool to be, she's worked with one of my greatest inspirations, best-selling author Marianne Williamston. So clearly she's an awesome lady doing awesome work in the world, but I personally admire Gina so much, not just because she's such a great mentor to me, but because she is a native from Michigan and from Detroit, which is where I live. Now she's a world traveler, but I just think that's pretty cool. So thank you so much for stopping by the Wellness Wonderland, Gina. Oh, Katie, it's awesome to be here, and you're bringing back great memories of when I was in Detroit as well. Yay. Okay, cool. Well, we don't have too much time, and I could probably talk to you all day, so I want to start by zooming the lens back a bit and having you tell everyone a little bit about your journey, your journey from Detroit and how you got started on the path that you're on now. Sure. Um, well, let's see. I mean, I was born and raised in Detroit, and I went to Western Michigan University. And then from there, I, uh, I majored in political science, and so I ended up leaving for Washington, D.C., and went, finished up at American University. And um, had an internship at the Supreme Court, and then worked at the White House and Harvard's Institute of Politics, as, as we were talking about there. And um, basically, I, I had a great time about uh, in Washington and politics and, and all that was going on there with people that were just up to really big things in the world. And then I came back home to Michigan and decided to get my master's degree in clinical psychology. And so um, I... Well, actually, I was sort of depressed for a while. We'll, we'll see. I don't know how much of the dark night of the soul stuff you want to get into. So I was at home going, basically going, living with my parents and going to therapy for like a year. And then because it was sort of, I needed to do something, I thought, well, why don't I go and get a degree in this stuff? So I, I had an excuse to keep working on myself for a year. And then um, became a, uh, that's when I met Marianne as well, and then became a psychotherapist and then a success coach and moved out to California and that's sort of where I'm at today. So Happily I don't know how ever much after. <laughs> that's the, the, the broad brush strokes and feel free to ask me any questions you like about the in-between parts as well. Okay. Well, I'm going to chime in right there. I want to go back to the Marianne Williamson a little bit. Could you talk a little bit about that experience and maybe your greatest lesson you learned from her? Oh, well, with any great mentor, I'm sure, but especially the likes of Marianne, I 
I certainly couldn't narrow it down to one. Um, she is and, and has remained a great mentor and friend um, to such a degree that, um, let me just kind of like check in here what would be the most useful to say, is, um, I, I mean, listen, I, you know, Marianne was like a supernova and is a supernova. And it was right, like right. living in the middle of the vortex in terms of, um, you know, really high frequency and best-selling authorship and, um, you know, just having a great time in life. And so it was really such a special time to be able to work side by side, you know, alongside with her, absorb the way that she worked in the world. And, um, yeah, it was just really like I soaked it all up. I was willing to do anything. And, um, you know, she just remained such a, such a, a teacher to me about so many different subjects in life, you know, about womanhood, about business, about spirituality, all of it. Mm, so good. You know, something I really want to um, pick up on there and really let people know there is I love, I've heard you talk about this before, but, you know, that mentoring relationship can be pretty one-sided, but you were, what you said there, you know, instead of focusing on what Marianne could give you and everything that you were picking up from her, you were able to jump in and do anything for her. And I think that's a really key thing for people to remember about mentoring. Yes, yes, it was. Um, and, you know, thankfully I did because it didn't matter to me what I was really doing. I just wanted to be around her. And because whether I was driving her to the airport or going to a church service or working on a book there, or, or um, making sure she had nourishment in between meetings. Like I was learning so much about the way that I wanted to live my life and the way I am living it today. Mm, so good. It's like, you know, that quote about you become the four most people you spend the most time with. And so it's really powerful to just be around people and pick up their energy. Totally. Totally. So um, now I'd love to get into a little bit of your concept. So why is connecting with your desire so important for overall happiness? Oh, that's a great question. It's because it's where it all starts. It's it's where it uh, the vibration is. It's where the passion is. It's where the energy is. Um, and it's really the guiding force. You know, any time that we function outside of our desires, what are we functioning from? Fear or shoulds or conditioning. Um, so it's really our desires that are what we can trust to lead the way. Mm, so good. Could you talk a little bit about the connection between love and relationships with money and the role that feminine energy plays in earning and spending money? Uh, love as in romantic love? Yeah, and how the connection between, um, in your experience, between how your relationships play a part in your earning capacity. Oh, the romantic relationship. Oh, well, sure. Um, well... I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of ways to do it. My experience was when I was broke, I was hanging out with the local loser rock stars of Detroit. And um, today I'm not. <laughs> Let's see, what should I say in between? Um, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And so when I had a dysfunctional relationship with money, I attracted people 
who were dysfunctional and also had a dysfunctional relationship with money. And so as I raised my frequency and as I healed my relationship with money, then I attracted a king of a man who um, who knew better and more. I mean, I, I wasn't all there when I met him. Glenn was very much the leader of me introducing me to true wealth consciousness and how that worked in universal law and what was really possible. And then from there, um, you know, different, different friends and people and teachers were brought into my life. David Nagel was another one who then came shortly thereafter. And then all of a sudden it starts to, starts to settle in like what seemed so impossible, which was living in abundance and making money then starts to seem so, once you're educated about it, it seems so, um, I don't know, old-fashioned or so passe or so unnatural to think that the money, to, to, to think otherwise. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of how to, um, I don't know why, probably like racism is coming up for me in, in terms of an analogy. Like there was a time when, it was just, um, it was a, it was a way of being and, and it was like acceptable that there was segregation and that kind of thing and acceptable in terms of a collective consciousness and laws, you know, obviously not in any other way. And then all of a sudden it, it just seems so, so outdated and so not the consciousness, like it seems so weird to think about racism today. And so I think that's sort of been the, the, transformation and the transition with money when you get into a place of truth uh, it, it, and you get the naturalness of it and you get the way that it was really designed and meant to be the other seems so hard and unnecessary and um and just so archaic mm, so good i think that was that will really help people and it's a really interesting way of looking at it so you do a lot of success coaching and really help people take their business and their clients and their rates to the next level. And mm-hmm. I would love your opinion and your advice on how you would coach young people to empower themselves with money and their finances and where they could kind of get organized with that to really take things to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not... I mean, and don't take this the wrong way. I certainly wouldn't start with getting organized with finances. Um, you know, I'm not the I'm not the girl that says if you want to like save money or make money, like don't go to Starbucks and like you know the latte factor and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I would advise young people is what what worked for me, and that was reading wealth consciousness books and really studying the mysticism around money and what people have really known for centuries and centuries and centuries and why there's always been wealthy people. And it's not for the reasons that we think. And sure, a lot of people have done some really horrible things in the name of money. And a lot of poor people have done a lot of horrible things in the name of lack of money. And so really understanding how it works um, and the books are available. I wouldn't read a book on budgeting or retirement if I were young. I would read it on uh, the science of getting rich and how to think and grow rich and get rich while you sleep. And I would be reading everything about 
human development and human potential, specifically in the category of money, because when you develop yourself, then you realize you can always make money. It's like a skill set, right? When you learn how to play an instrument, you can always play that instrument then. Or if you learn how to fish, you can always fish. And so I think developing the skill of making money is one of the greatest gifts anybody, particularly young people, can give to themselves. Mm, Absolutely. So going on that same vein, how would you coach um, a young person to really connect in with their desires? And, you know, they're kind of in the space where they need to pay their dues and um, kind of work their way up to kind of get to that success point that, Mm -hmm. that you coach from. But where would you have them kind of get to that point in that mindset now? Great question. So um, this concept of paying your dues sounds super old and heavy and like very 1950s to me, like black and white. I'm like seeing a TV or something. Um, (laughs) You know, if you do it right, if you're connected to your desires, like some of those early times were the most fascinating. I mean, one thing I have, I have a you know, a few issues in life, but entitlement is not one of mine. And I never thought that I should be, I mean, up until a certain point, but like making more money, or I never thought I should be having the particular role of the person I was working for um, sooner than it was really time for me. And so when I was in my 20s out of college, I I went to, to White House and like I was mentored by those people and I was working about those people. I didn't, I worked for the chief of staff at uh, in the Clinton administration for the first lady. Like I didn't think that I deserved that position (laughs) and, um, I didn't, um, you know, I worked at Harvard Institute of politics and, uh, you know, the sort of same thing. I didn't think that I deserved the perks and the position of a Harvard fellow. Like I was thrilled to be around them. And when I went and worked for Marianne, you know, I didn't ask for a job description. I didn't say, you know, I've put in this many hours. I wasn't counting the clock. I wasn't counting the time. And, uh, and it served me really well. And so I would say, you know, I landed in some of like, for me, the, the hottest places I could have ever been. I didn't want to necessarily even be anywhere else at that time. And then I grew out of being, an assistant, so it was appropriate for me to start my own thing, but that honestly wasn't until my 30s. All through my 20s, I'm not saying someone should go be an assistant all through their 20s, but for me, that was an awesome path. I learned so much, and it certainly didn't hold me back from being where I am today. So I think that um, I would watch out for the entitlement piece. I would watch out for the like trying to grow up too fast piece, and um, and and really have reverence for those who have gone before you and get the wisdom because it will take you far. Mm, so true. That's why I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> so so speaking of that, you know, and you said when you were ready to be an entrepreneur and, and start your own business, how did you know it was the right time? And how did you build up that bravery to something, you know, that would be foreign and different for you to really break out in that way. And do you have any advice there? Sure. Um, they say it's never a good time to start a business or become a mother. Right. And, um, you know, I had been a psychotherapist for about a year and a half 
And I thought that if I worked harder that I'd make more money. And I realized that wasn't happening. I was getting more and more clients. And somehow I wasn't really making more and more money. It was the strangest thing. And I would I was working like 75 hours a week. And it was cold in Michigan. And I would go home. And, <laughs> and I'd go home and I'd turn on Entertainment Tonight, which is not one of those shows I normally watch. And I would sit there and... I would watch the beautiful people in sunny California and I thought, why am I not there? And in just one day it hit that if I kept waiting for the right time, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. And so um, I didn't wait until I had a bunch of money saved up and I didn't wait for the right time. I, I guess I had enough of living for me and not that geography is the big thing, but for me it was. It was important that I got myself to L.A. because that's where my heart was. And so anytime, I, like, I was doing ridiculous things like going to coffee shops and I would buy the L.A. Times and I would sit there and, like, read the L.A. Times. Mm, I like, love that. Why not just go to L.A., Gina? Like, I would, like, um, and <laughs> I, so I finally just did. And it, it, uh, it all worked out super well. And it all worked out because I made a decision. So I would say, you know, get yourself to the place of your desires and sometimes geographical cure works. Mm, I, I relate to that a ton. And it, what's coming up for me is that quote, when you leap, the net will appear, right? Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So now I would love to get personal with you, Gina DeVee, and some of your practices and things in your life. So... Mm-hmm. When do you hear your intuition the loudest, and how do you remember to listen to it? Um, well, you get to a certain point in life when you really um, bec- have, develop a really low tolerance for pain. <laughs> and so when you've made enough decisions without checking in with your intuition um, and you've gotten those results, then you start to more easily create the habit of checking in with your intuition first versus last. And uh, I've always been an avid journaler. I, I've always loved time in the morning with God and writing in my journal. That's been a, a strong, strong, strong um, element for me since I was easily in middle school. Um, and um, and then all this, the the spiritual paths. You know, I've gone to church all my life and Music has been a huge part of my connection with God, and meditation has, and um, reading books have as well. And so being tapped in and connected with God and continuously asking what's next or what's today about or how would you have me respond to this situation and what would you have me do um, has guided me really well. And when it doesn't, it's gotten really painful. So I tend to check in sooner versus later these days. Mm, so good. It's great advice. So what is one practical self-care action you do for yourself every single day? Non-negotiable. Journal. Nice. I love journaling too. So you you do so much and you're constantly um, active with all the different things that you're doing. How do you stay organized and stay present at each area of your life. You know, you're so present and authentic here with me right now, but you have a million things going. How is that a mindset that you're able to keep? Mm-hmm. Great question. So 
I compartmentalize things and I've learned enough about myself that I work really well with big chunks of time. So for example, uh, Mondays are my coaching days, my call days, and my interview days like today. And I'm on the phone all day on Monday and, and that's it and that's my day. Um, I might do a few things with my team later on in the week, but other than that, that's really a non-negotiable. And then I have other days when I work on specific creative projects. And so I, part of it is I've gotten my calendar down really well. Another part is um, the way that I'm able to handle my life is that I also delegate really well. And so in terms of getting out of the place, now it started out where I did everything and then I would delegate, delegate, delegate. So getting out of needing to be the one who does everything has also served me quite well. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, who else can do this? And so when I live by that and delegate that, it does a number of things. It takes really good care of me. It creates jobs. And um, it, it's a blessing to both people involved then. Mm, for sure. And I think empowering other people to do something is just such a great service to the world, too, which you touched on there. Mm-hmm. So... Right now in your life, how are you challenging yourself? So what are you doing that you're afraid of but you're doing anyways? Um, you know, I don't really function from a place of fear these days. Um, you know, it's not that I don't dip into fear or don't ha- get triggered, and which is obviously coming from a fear-based place or, or have ego issues that are fear-based. But there's nothing that... I'm doing that I'm afraid of. You know, I've built a multiple seven-figure business and I'm continuing to do so and grow that. I uh, went to fashion school in Paris and I'm starting a clothing line and I'm doing that. Yep, I um, am starting the Divine Living magazine, so I'm doing that. So, like, I'm not afraid of these things. There's challenges and there's learning curves and there's growth edges, um, but they're not really... It doesn't have the fear like what I used to have right. about like what if I can't make the money or what if I can't become successful or um, you know I've got a book being shopped by an agent and I don't really have a fear of like what if nobody takes the book it's and it's not that everything I touch turns to gold it's just that if I do things with intention that are spirit led and divinely guided then I know they're meant to come forth in the world and I don't need to be afraid of them not happening or. I just don't need to be in fear around it. Yeah, I love that. And I know my mentor, Gabrielle Bernstein, teaches this. And, and she says that, you know, when you come to it with that frantic energy, people can feel that. And then, you know, they won't want to publish the book or they won't want to work with you. But if you come to it from a cool energy of, you know, it's okay either way, it's, you're a lot more likely to, to get the result that you're hoping for. So I think that's yep. a great takeaway for people too. So with that, you mentioned a lot of things already, but I would love to know what you're most excited about in your life right now and kind of what's next for you. What am I most excited about? I am I'm really excited about the academy, the coaching certification program and, and, and business certification program I put together for women entrepreneurs. We have 200, and wi- 200 women from 27 different countries in it and we are having a blast. Uh, it's just so... It's like the coolest group of women ever, and 
We have four live events that we meet in around the uh, world. So we're getting ready to meet in L.A., and then we'll be meeting in Paris and Miami and um, one other spot as well. So it's just it's super awesome. And then I would say the other projects that I'm working on, I'm, I'm pretty excited about all the different areas of my life. Um, I feel very blessed to be in that space. Uh, my husband and I are having a little bit of fun right now, kind of picking out we spend our summers in Europe, which, you know, it before was not even a dream. I, I thought that that was just something that, like, the Ferragamo family did or something like that, maybe the Hiltons. Um, you know, so we're like, what? where should we go and, you know, what villa should we get in Saint-Tropez here or Sicily? And so um, pretty much every day is something super fun to look forward to. Amazing. I love it. I just love picking up your energy. So speaking of that and your kind of everyday life, this is like my favorite question to ask people and to really get a glimpse into who they are. So I would love to know, could you walk us through your morning routine and maybe like the specifics you do to start your day and how starting your day with intention kind of affects how the rest of your day goes? Sure. Um, Usually it starts with a snuggle with my hubby. And then we make it into the kitchen and have share a cup of coffee together. Though right now he's on a cleanse, so it's tea for him and coffee for me. And then we always start our day together. And we have time together and love that. And both of us really safeguard that. And then I go into journaling and reading and meditating. And depending on if I'm on a workout kick I will add some form of body movement on top of that or not. Nice. That sounds lovely. So now on the other side of the day and the evening, what are the ways that you wind down? What are some of your evening rituals? Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, let's see. I can, I guess, go with tonight. <laughs> um <laughs> Tonight, uh, because it's been a full work day, and I knew that ahead of time, so I scheduled a massage. So I've got someone coming over for um, a massage to make sure that what I've done during the day and all the energy that's been um, going out, like an exhale, is now going to be moving that energy and me being given to and nurtured like an inhale. So that's happening. And then I have a we have a house guest here, so I'm sure we will cook some yummy dinner and and hang out and have dinner and um uh we'll either sit around and have a great conversation we may go for a bit of a walk here in sunny uh santa barbara and then it kind of depends on uh where i'm at and if i'm caught up on my american idol recordings or not (laughs) I love that. I want to come over, and I definitely want to take you up on that walk because we could use some of the heat over here. I know you know what I mean. I do. I do. Um, Okay, well, awesome. I want to wrap up with some quick-fire questions. You ready for them? Done. Okay, just say, like, the first thing that comes to mind. So favorite color? White. Favorite day of the week? Every day. Favorite hour of the day? Five. In the morning or p.m.? Both. I <laughs> love it. Favorite vegetable? Tomato. That's a fruit. Hold on. Spinach. Favorite fruit? Uh, tomato. <laughs> Favorite way to relax? Uh, either dining, so, some form of dining, either my husband cooking for me or dining out. Nice. 
Favorite meal you've eaten recently? Recently? Uh, I had great sushi the other night. Nice. <laughs> what, is, what does your ideal day look like? Ideal day. Um, you know, there's, there's many varieties of them, and I feel very fortunate that I have them. Like, for me, Mondays are, quote-unquote, like I said, my, my coaching days, and I really look forward to it. It starts, you know, with my international clients because it's here in the morning on the West Coast and they're in Europe. So um, with the time zone difference, then I do my radio show, and then I coach and, and do interviews all afternoon and get a massage at night, and you just heard how the evening's going to go, so that's super fun. Yeah. Um, other days, you know, I'm going to be filming some videos this week, and so hair and makeup shows up early, and then we film videos, and that's fun. I love my team, and we do great team meetings. It means for the magazine. Um, and then uh, my husband and I are getting ready to take a road trip for his birthday and uh, drive up the coast of California to, up to Napa, and that's going to be really fun. So nice. I think it's all about variety. I also really lo do love private intensive days when I work with my clients privately. That's fun, too. Nice. They all sound fun. I just want to come hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> so what is one superhero power that you wish you could have for a day? Um, I would like to understand people more. Hmm. And I think I, I got and there was a miss. I think I read something on Pinterest recently where it said the the um, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something like the most unfortunate space between people is a misunderstanding, something like that. And I had a misunderstanding with someone recently, and I, you know, I, listen, I got a master's degree in clinical psychology. I analyze people for a living. I pride myself on being fairly developed, open-minded, considerate of others, understanding there's different cultures and different viewpoints and different ways of being, this and that and the other. And, you know, when people behave in a way where it's like, who does that? Like, right. like what possibly could have been their reason or motivation or why are they behaving that way? Like, it's not about sitting here and making me right. It's, it's really being like, I have no idea why this person is behaving this way. And when I am not being frustrated by the situation, I can really step back and look at, um, like from a compassionate and interested in human beings kind of place, I'd really like to know. And because nobody wakes up and says, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, a jerk that day. And um, nobody wakes up and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to create a really impossible situation for everyone. Right. And yet sometimes that's what, those, that's what situations get created and it feels weird and, you know, we are all one. So I think if I had a superhero power, it would be that I could really look into someone's heart and see what the motivation is and why, even if it's around a fear-based thing, but it's when, like, I just don't understand drives me nuts. Mm. Wow, that is definitely the best answer. That definitely beats flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good answer. Um, so my next question for you is, what is your favorite on-the-go snack, especially on a day like your Mondays? 
On-the-go snack. Well, I'm very, very blessed that I have a wonderful personal assistant who makes me food throughout the day. So if I'm in the mood for a green drink or a kale smoothie or breakfast, lunch, whatever. I had Indian for lunch today. That was delish. Um, I love Indian. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, we always make sure that the stock, the house is stocked full of food and... Um, you know, I think that changes too because we change up the menu each week. So at least having fresh organic food in the house and if I'm too busy to make it myself, having someone here to make it for me um, is my favorite way to go about it. Nice. And this is kind of goes with that question. What's one food that you eat almost every day, you'd say? Like a favorite thing. Every day? It's probably I'm I'm mildly addicted to... I bought, recently bought Gwyneth Paltrow's book, It's All Good, and she has this smoothie in there. It's actually like a detox smoothie, but it tastes like, like a melted candy bar mm. like on ice, and it's so yummy. So I start my day. I've been starting my day with that, but let's not let's not, not pay homage to the almighty coffee bean. I think that, that one's been with me longer, so I, I guess I'll go, with, I'll go with coffee. What kind of things are in that smoothie? It's like, I actually, you'd have to ask Clarissa. She makes it for me. Um, oh, I actually, so it, it's a chocolate smoothie. It's got like chocolate nibs and coconut. I actually think like the nice. main thing in it is actually an avocado, but it doesn't taste like that. Well, it sounds delicious. It's super yummy. What is your favorite beauty ritual? Uh, I've actually been getting a lot of them. Oh, I do have a good answer for you. I've been getting a number of them done these lately. Um, and I'm a super fan of the in-home spa because that saves a lot of time. Um, but, and I don't have any idea how this is going to sound in Michigan, but I'm, you know, I am in California now. So when in California, (laughs) yeah, um, eyelash extensions, I am in love with my eyelash extensions. It's like to wake up and not have to put on mascara to not look like I'm 108 um, is just awesome. And so I'm really enjoying those. Oh, that's super cool. So what you've been to so many cool places and you've traveled a lot. What is your favorite place that you visited? <sighs> I mean, this is a beautiful world we live in. And though I would gladly return to some more than others, they've honestly all been awesome um and it's just it's kind of like asking for favorite food I suppose it's like when they're good it's like how do you pick between sushi or pasta or Mexican or a great steak um I mean I'm a big fan of France and Italy I'm not gonna lie that's the place that I return to the most um so I have the most frequent flyer miles to those places. And I have supported the global economy there via shopping (laughs) as well. Nice. And now that you've been to the Wellness Wonderland, maybe that'll be your answer. (laughs) There you go. go. (laughs) If you had to choose. So what is your favorite movie? Dangerous Beauty. And your favorite book? Hmm... I'm a pretty big fan of Women Who Run With the Wolves. Nice. And do you have a favorite song? Um, Putting you on the spot. 
Yeah, well, it's, I'm trying to think, like, what would be a, I mean, I'm sure so much. What, what's on my, um, my iTunes right now that I listen to the most is David Pramal's stuff. Um, but so is Blurred Lines. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess it kind music of run, taste. runs the gamut there. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, okay. I have one final question for you. So. Mm-hmm. As you know, and as I mentioned, um, the name of my blog and this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So when I offer that term to you, Gina, what does it mean to you to live in a wellness wonderland? Uh, to live in a place of desire. Mm, that's beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for chatting with us, and thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with, Gina? Well, you're a really great interviewer, and I had a lot of fun. So make sure that you really soak up um, not just what you think is possible in life, but what those desires are inside of you. They're there for a reason, and if you give them attention, you will see them manifest. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.